Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. This is episode 38. I'm Scott, and with me I have Matt. Hello, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Peter Davison's first episode, his first serial, Castrovalva. And uh, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about that geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released Monday through Friday, shows that include uh, Geekin', Geekin' Extra, Queen Witch, Movie Night at Geek Show, and uh, a couple of geeks, which just started uh, last week, and then we've got a few more uh, on the way very shortly. You can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website by joining and join our community by commenting on articles and episodes that we regularly post on the site. If you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, and suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's tdc as in the Doctor's Companion at geekshow.us. And uh, I just want to apologize in advance, everyone. I have had three hours of sleep going into this. And, so and I'm many, very many hours to go before. Yes. Ends. After I do this, I have to go into work for eight hours. Yeah. Um, and I've already been up uh, almost 12 hours. So yeah, I've been up 10 hours. So Yeah. it's I, I pity you, my friends. Let's see if we can get this going much faster than the other ones. Yes. Yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the significance of Castrovalva, if it isn't already apparent. Okay, well, Davison's first episode. Well, the first and most important thing probably of Castrovalva is it's the first uh, uh, Peter Davison story. Um, it it's you know comes after the seven long years of wilderness that was Tom Baker. <laughs> you know, just wilderness. Like, yeah, we I call them the wilderness years just because there's like three years of goodness and then four years of wandering aimlessly before he un- untimely Lily falls from the. Radio Tower. Um, so, Castrovalva is the first Peter Davison story. Um, it's interesting because it's our first uh, on the podcast. It's our first discussion of the Master, um, and it's 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 interesting because we'll talk more about this as we go through. But really, for me, this is where um, the influence of producer Jonathan Nathan Turner comes in. Um, Jonathan Nathan Turner was a was like a, a production assistant on the show, and then he got a role as producer. Uh, for Tom Baker's last season, and his, but really his job in that first season was really just to clean house, get rid of Tom Baker, get rid of Romana, get rid of K-9. Uh, but really, this is where you start to see his influence, and you see his influence within the first, like, five minutes. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a really... 
I go both ways on Nathan Turner. He's kind of like I don't know. Have you done much research into the Nathan Turner thing? Because it's no, it's it's a doozy. Well, he's he's really most noted for uh, being the guy who ran the show basically from Davison until the show was canceled with survival under Sylvester McCoy something like ten years later. So he was in charge of the show for like ten years. Not he didn't start with Davison, but like really, like it's him who's in charge. Like he's responsible for a lot of the good and the bad that goes in and. People hate him. I don't. Re- I, I disagree with a lot of his choices in a lot of places. Um, we'll talk about them more, especially as we get into other later stories. Not so much this one because I really think that, like, in the Davison era, he's in his wheelhouse. But um, uh, this is a Nathan Turner story. Um, it's written by Chris Bidmead, who was um, he was the script editor for the previous season, uh, and they brought him in to do Peter Davison's first story. He was the one who wrote Tom Baker's last story. He's written a couple of other things. Um, and it's directed by Fiona Cumming, who is one of my favorite all-time Doctor Who directors. Like, she directs four of Davidson's stories, which is like a fifth of his stories, and she's just fantastic. Um, so, that's Castrovolva, really. It's kind of exciting. Alright, um, so we should probably get started talking about the episode, but before we do... I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Lock and Key, Volume 1, Welcome to Lovecraft, by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. This book is available for only $13.99, or 30% off the suggested retail price of $19.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. I was actually just just on the topic of Lock and Key. I actually bought the book a while ago, but I saw that you guys were discussing it for Book of the Month, and now it's sitting on my bedside table, so it's a nice incentive for me to read it because I've been wanting to read it for a really long time. Aha! <laughs> yeah, so so it does good work, I guess. Um, <laughs> Excellent. All right, so uh, diving into part one, um, we start with the uh, the end of uh, Logopolis. Yes. Um, and 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 Tom Baker's. Uh, timely, overtimely device. Yeah, which is which is you know it's I think it's done a little bit better in Legopolis. Um, Legopolis itself is a story we'll talk about eventually, but it's you know it's Legopolis. Um, yeah, old man Tom Baker. Yeah, which uh, is about I, to drop dead. Can I just okay? I have seen the trilogy of of serials. Mm-hmm. Um, that Keeper that Trocken, right, right, Castrovalva. Right, I've seen all of those um, mm-hmm. twice, actually. Uh, this is my third time watching Castrovalva. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't get the Watcher, how that's the Doctor the entire time, and why this is a cocoon regeneration. I, I don't get any of it. Yeah, it's 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 I'm never just, every time this happens, I'm like. What is going on? Yeah, it's, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think I was watching something recently where, like, someone was trying to explain The Watcher. Oh, that's what that was. I was listening to an audio play where they tried to explain The Watcher called Circular Time by Paul Cornell, which is um, the fourth part of which takes place in uh, the Doctor's head before he, as he's regenerating in the Caves of Androzani. Um it's a mess. I don't. It's it's hard to explain the Watcher without talking about Legopolis. Um, but really, it's like it's the Doctor's projection of his future self come to help guide himself through his own regeneration. Why or how that works, it's never explained. Uh, I just I just kind of go, okay, uh, 
enough of that. And then I just kind of move on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things that's most frustrating about the regenerations in the classic series is mm-hmm. they're not consistent at all. Yeah, like every every one is done completely different from the last. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's why I like the I, I like the new series take on on regeneration. It's the energy, like the way that it's done. Stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. I really I love that. Yeah. Better. I'm a huge fan of the energy fountain. Uh, I completely agree. Um, I think it's actually really interesting because we live in an era. At least me, like when I first got into Doctor Who in 2008, like everyone, like there had been nine regenerations already. Some of which you know we haven't seen. Uh, like we never really see Trout regenerate. We never see McGann regenerate. But um, it, you. It's weird to think of, like, this is only, like, the the third time the Doctor's regenerated, because he did one into two, two into three, three into four. So, yeah, really, this is, like, the fourth time he's regenerated. So, relatively speaking, the concept of regeneration is actually kind of new, which you never... It's weird to think about it like that. So, like, you can still kind of do whatever you want, but you're you're right in that it's not very consistent at all, and I, I wish. Well, it was. this is this is the only this this is not only is this the only uh, is it you said the third time right fourth time or this fourth is the time only of the... regeneration. Not only that, but it's also only the second time that it's been called a regeneration. Right. It wasn't really called a regeneration until like Planet of the Baker, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you know that's actually one of my favorite regeneration sequences, um, even though it's very simple. Um, but yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, it's again they're taking liberties with the Watcher, but there's also the idea that the Watcher knows how difficult this regeneration is going to be because Castro Valva for if for no other reason because Castro Valva introduces a very interesting new take on regeneration, um, which is a post regeneration crisis, which we're about to see as the Doctor enters the TARDIS. But he doesn't enter the TARDIS right away, um, like, despite the fact that, despite the fact that this we... This is have, so funny. I know. It's pretty... The, the, if there's a problem with Castro Valve, it's that it's a very slow story, and it's very I, meandering. During um, this, this section, though, I kept waiting for, like, the Benny Hill music to pop in, like... Oh, yeah. They steal the ambulance to go 15 yards to the TARDIS. Yeah. Where Tegan's like, we can't wait! Let's go! And, like, so... <laughs> What happens is, basically, after um, the regeneration, the Doctor and Tegan and Adric and Nissa, which is a huge TARDIS crew, which we'll be talking about later, um, they they all try to get the Doctor back to the TARDIS, but he's really weak because he just re- regenerated, and they're, they're confronted by uh, security guards from the Pharaohs Project, and the Pharaohs Project guards, like, take them and start frisking them up against, like, an ambulance, which is, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and... In the middle of this, for some reason, someone leaves like the keys to the car in the in the ambulance, and Tegan sees the keys, at, and the paramedics lift the doctor, who is still dressed like Tom Baker, even though he looks like Peter Davison, which I think is really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's always that always it's always weird seeing um, the doctor in their previous incarnations outfit mm-hmm. in yeah. the regeneration episode. It's always like, wow, you, especially after seeing them in their outfit for a long time and then going back and seeing them out of it it's just it freaks you out a little bit yeah my favorite is um colin baker in well it's either colin baker in twin dilemma or sylvester mccoy in um uh, time in the ronnie because like those those are such anachronistic costumes that don't work at all <laughs> like for that yeah. doctor at all especially knowing like their sort of outfit later on um but yeah i think well i think it's really funny because the, the costume does kind of become important to the to the scene in like three minutes or is it well, with, 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 
with McCoy, it, it, it's really funny because he, uh, you know, because you don't ever actually have Colin Baker in that episode. He had to wear that stupid blonde wig, oh, and so he he literally he literally looked like a clown because he had the stupid blonde curly clown wig on. Mm-hmm. Plus, <laughs> plus Colin Baker's like outfit with you know the bright colors and mm-hmm. he, yeah, he might as well have had clown shoes on. Yeah, and then and his... it was it was all like way too big for him on yeah. top of everything else, and like yellow pants. It's just it's just weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, time in the Ronnie. Um, so, oh, so God, that... oh, I can't wait for us to talk about that one. Not. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> sorry, for those who don't know, Time in the Ronnie is the first Sylvester McCoy story, and it's one of the worst stories ever. So bad that I watched it, and I was just like, I wish I'd never had to watch this one again, because it's just... It's not oh, so bad. Um, so, um, so they manage. Tegan gets in the gets in the ambulance and manages to drive uh, the doctor and Nissa. Uh, some for some reason, Adric's not in the car. I don't know why. I guess Matthew Waterhouse couldn't run very fast or whatever. Uh, but they manage to drive him the twenty yards to the to the TARDIS and they manage to get him inside and they lock the door. But they leave Adric behind and Adric's like, oh, stuck. Adric, Adric was uh, he was he was. Uh, uh... Providing a uh, distraction. Yeah, they were like, he's like, I'm an alien. See, yeah. that's where I'm from, from over there, the <laughs> that star right there. And everyone's like, oh, where? And they're all looking yeah. from they steal the ambulance. Yeah, if I saw if I saw him like wearing like this this gold star for mathematical excellence on his on his chest and saying that he's from space, I'd be like. That's that's cute, kid. Let's just go. Like I wouldn't just sit around staring at the stars for like an hour, which yeah, they seem to be doing. Um, so so um, they manage to they get inside the TARDIS, um, and the Doctor, unseen by Nissa and Tegan, heads into the um, heads out of the console room and into the into the the bowels of the TARDIS, as it were. And uh, Tegan and Nissa watch on the scanner as. Um, Adric is detained by all these all these security, and then all of a sudden this column shows up, which um, we recognize from Legopolis as the Master's TARDIS, and it sends out these electrical waves, which looks hilarious because it's the eighties and it, it just looks like crayon. Yeah, it looks like crayon, like some kid like managed to like scribble, and like it just went like with the scribble in seconds. Like it was just it's oh, it's so funny. Um, yeah. So, so um, we also get the we also get the Master Money shot, just a random shot of him laughing. Yeah, his, which, in his TARDIS, which is like okay, uh, I guess I guess this is funny. Um, oh, he's evil. Okay, oh, that's what the laugh means. I couldn't tell from his from his garishly black costume. Uh, so, so the, they see ever basically the Master TARDIS sends out this wave of energy that knocks everyone out, and uh, I think it's Nissa runs outside, or Nissa and Tegan run outside, and they grab Adric um, and pull him into the TARDIS. Um, and there's, they're all, and they, then Adric for some reason manages to take off the tar, take off with the TARDIS, which uh, I have a huge problem with. Um, personally, I don't know. What, what are your feelings on other people driving, flying the TARDIS? Um, in general? uh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it, but I, I, I thought, isn't he under the influence of the master at this point though? Yeah, he's, he's kind of like in, there's a thing where, um, he was out of sight when the master's TARDIS sent out, sent out the shockwave. Um, and when they find him, he's kind of kneeling a little bit, which is kind of creepy, as we'll discuss a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but um, it's more but, than kinda. Oh, yeah. Oh, the creepy. Um, so, so the Adric, like Adric, manages to take off the TARDIS. But there's also this idea that um, 
the Doctor, before this was teaching Adric how to fly the TARDIS, um, this certainly isn't the last time Adric flies the TARDIS, unfortunately. Um, but personally, yeah, I, 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 I just I hate it when people not Time Lords fly the TARDIS. Like, it's just, it's really annoying. I mean, I can go with it when it's someone like this, Song. But... I was going to say, th- this coming from the guy who loves Journey's End. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> for no other reason than because the Doctor's teaching everyone how to fly the TARDIS. Um, but, but I, oh. So you're okay as long as it's on camera. Well, I can understand it if the Doctor's, like, teaching someone how to fly the TARDIS. I mean, like, he teaches Adric, and by the time that Nyssa leaves, Nyssa at least has a functional understanding of how to fly the TARDIS. Like, she can't fly it by herself, but... Uh, gosh. Wait until time flight when you literally have like two Concorde pilots randomly getting into the TARDIS and flying it away. Like it's just uh this uh just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's uh, terrible. Time flight I uh, hate time flight. Um so um Nissa and Tegan uh are in the are in the TARDIS console room and they're like, Well where's the doctor? And Tegan Tegan I think went in to look at him and she's like, He's all weird and Adric's like, I got this. And they're like, they're like, well, can't you say thank you for rescuing you? And and Adric just like doesn't say a word and just kind of goes away. I'm sorry about the um, the sirens. I don't I don't know what happened. I guess it's the uh, Super Bowl crime or something. Um, Super Bowl crime. Someone lost a bet. I guess. I guess that's what it is. Oh my god. What? Okay. Sorry. We can cut that out. Um. So <laughs> I love. I love. Uh, I probably won't. I love. <laughs> I love just being honest. I love Adric's, uh, uh, his his line delivery with mm-hmm. with when he leaves because they're mentioning the zero room and he just he's just staring off into space and then randomly just pops up and looks at them and goes zero room I'll go yeah <laughs> it's just oh, it's just because yeah oh gosh it's just like it's just like can't you tell that something's wrong with Adric I mean like really he's so like. He's so like personality deficient, like in in like he just has no chemistry with anyone ever. But like, can't you tell if he shows invested interest in something random that something weird is going on? I mean, yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's called the zero. It's called the zero room. He likes numbers. Yeah. Well, he did get that badge for mathematical excellence. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. So uh, that's that's all. That's all. They, they just they just shrugged it off. They're like, eh, it must be a numbers thing. Yeah. That kid loves his numbers. <laughs> A little too much sometimes. A little too much. Um, so they head. Um, Adric heads into the uh, into into the um, uh, the rest of the TARDIS, and he's looking to help the Doctor, and, and he finds this piece of string, and he's like, "This is really weird." And I'm YouTubing this. Um, I actually trimmed this up a lot because it's intercut with really stupid Nissatik and stuff, which is just space wasting. But um, whenever oh boy, I think of, is it? Oh, it's so space wasting. Whenever I think of Castro Valva, I always think of this scene, which is um, Patrick goes around the corner and he sees the Doctor just kind of standing there, still dressed as the Doctor, but he he's unraveling the scarf a thread at a time, and it's just great. Like it's it's. Oh, it's so good. Like, I uh-huh. oh, it's so good. And apparently I was actually listening. I was bored yesterday before I, before I was, I was, list, I was watching the story because um, I was watching with my girlfriend. And, um, so I started watching the commentary and apparently director Fiona, Fiona Cumming got tons of email, uh, letters about this, about like, how dare you do this? That's the scarf. You don't touch the scarf. And it's just like, well, where it's not like they're making a statement or something. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see it like it's pretty fantastic because he's pretty methodically going through it and stuff um 
And really, I'm just, uh, let's just talk about Nissa and Tegan really quickly, because eventually they're going to go find the Doctor, but Nissa and Tegan are looking into the, um, are in the t- console room, and they're having these really stupid discussions about a TARDIS index file, and... Yeah, I love, if... I love that. I love how sexist this show can be without trying to be, because oh, yeah. I just love how they're like, they're like, how could we ever, uh, uh, do, how could we ever, you know, fly this thing, like... You know the doctor just does it. He doesn't ever. He doesn't ever. You know he just knows how. And then he, they're like, "Oh, directions!" And I'm like, "Oh, the women found the directions." Bravo! <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! You stopped and asked. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I would like to point out. Oh no, I'm not even going to go there. Sorry, I don't want to. Don't want to anger the female viewers. Um. So, uh, so they basically, um, they start uh, like just pushing in numbers to the console, but the TARDIS is already on this prearranged flight um, that Adric pushed in. Um, but this is... I uh, When I think of Castrovalve, I always think of this amazing scene where... sequence where the Doctor basically starts walking through the TARDIS looking for the Zero Room with Adric, and as he's going, he's reverting into his old past incarnations. Like, there's a part where he puts his, his hands on his lapels and he starts talking like like Hartnell and he starts referencing the Brigadier and and doing all this stuff and it's I just love this scene. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, this the whole the whole breadcrumb sequence mm-hmm. um is just it's it's fantastic. And he takes off his shoe, which is a continuity error. Um he takes off his shoe and like just puts it there and then just kind of walks off and he's tearing off his clothes like which isn't nearly as fun as you would imagine it being. Peter Davison tearing off his clothes. Um, you you have him like tearing his waistcoat in half and talking about the Brigadier and the Cybermen and calling out for Jamie to help him out. And he he eventually comes across this mirror and he looks at himself in the mirror and he says, "That's the problem with regeneration. You never quite know what you're going to get," which I think is really funny um, because apparently uh, regeneration is like a box of chocolates. Um, so, <laughs> 1994 jokes. Um, so then, uh, <laughs> the doctor like picks up a recorder, which was the Trouton staple, and starts and starts like playing it. But he doesn't really like it. And then he finds a cricket bat, and he starts being really impressed by the cricket bat. And then he finds a door, and he goes in. And when he comes out, he's wearing his token like pullover sweater and the the little shirt with the the stupid question marks and the and the really awesome red and white striped pants which are yeah amazing. i love that his outfit is basically just laid out for him yeah there's like there's like a, a coat rack and on the coat rack is like the hat that he's going to be wearing in about three minutes and the jacket that he's going to be wearing or the coat that he's going to be wearing in about three minutes <laughs> then he like comes out and puts it on and he's just like well i can get used to this which i think is really great and it's just like i you know every doctor like every doctor has their own style but uh, if you ask me, no doctor's outfit ever comes close to Davison's outfit. It's just, uh-uh. it works. Like even, like even David Tennant's is pretty, is probably the closest one for me because I think it's really quintessential. But oh, every time I look at Davison, I am just enthralled with the perfection that is his costume, minus the question marks. Um, stupid question marks. Yeah, gosh, that's a Nathan Turner thing. If you ever, if you ever wanted to know what Nathan Turner did. Like, that was his sort of idea. Um, <laughs> oh, the question marks. Um, so... Doctor Who. Get uh, it? Oh, uh, oh, it's... I get it. Oh, who is he? Who 
Is Nobody he? knows. He does. He barely knows. That's why he has question marks everywhere. Yes. Oh. oh, oh. Um. <laughs> sorry. Oh God. Um. Speaking. Speaking of uh, of of being quippy, Tegan is annoyingly quippy. Like, oh yeah. At the end of every scene she has, she says something quippy. Yeah. It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. Well, that's that. I. First of all, I don't. I'm not a huge Tegan fan. I think she has actually some really good stories. Um, but because I, I, I and I actually don't think you've actually seen any of them, um, which is a shame because like those that are her good stories are actually really great stories. But um, uh, man, no one can do anything with Tegan. It's kind of a bummer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Nissa and Tegan managed to run up to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And they're like, "They're like, we're trying to take you to the zero room." He's like, "Oh, right, let's go to the zero room. You lead," and then he walks off. Um, which I think is yeah, I, lo- I love that. You lead, and then he goes in front of everybody. It's, it's just it's just really silly, and it's really you know it's Peter Davison doing like really great Peter Davison Doctor. And while this is going on, uh, the Master is spying on the TARDIS, and Adric basically at a certain point just kind of leaves the Doctor randomly for no reason. <laughs> And then, like, he, like, gets spied on by the master and then goes missing, and the doctor's like, where's Adric? And they're like, well... And then they don't really ever tell him, because they're like, we don't know where Adric is. Um, But eventually they find the Zero Room, um, which I think is really cool as an idea. Um, I know that Bidmead himself was really into um, uh, exploring the TARDIS. Like, Legopolis is a lot about TARDIS physics and stuff. Um, So Bidmead was really into that. Um, I don't know. What do, what do you think about exploring the TARDIS as a general thing? It's probably like a good idea, right? Yeah, I I, I wish that the new series would do it. Oh God, can you they imagine? Haven't ever? Can you imagine? I wanted to see what the rest of the TARDIS in in Eccleston and Tennant's TARDIS looked like. Yeah, because we only that... ever saw the console room. Well, and you get that the giant closet. Oh, I love the closet. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. The closet is just amazing. It's just, I would live there. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> I keep using that from 30 Rock. Um, sorry, we're tangenting. Um, so the Doctor and Tegan and Nissa arrive at the Zero Room, and the Doctor is suddenly aware because the Zero Room manages to block out all um, incoming radio and telepathic frequencies, um, which actually It also happen- allows him to do magic tricks. Yeah, it's, it's a magic room where he can defy the laws of physics for reasons we don't really know. Um, and so he... It just comes to him. Yeah, it just... He kind of focuses and is able to just kind of rotate and float in the air, which is, you know, it's kind of cool, but it doesn't really make much sense. Um, he, he can he can float in midair and somehow make his coat look like it's, sit, it's sitting on something. Yeah, not, you know... Hanging, floating, like, like, like sh- actual gravity would Yeah, work. it's... It's it's no. Magic. It actually it, it bunches up in a section and hangs over another thing. What's it hanging over? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's hanging over the zero room itself or something. I think I like oh. I'd like to imagine that there's an invisible person who's just kind of holding him and like silently being like, "I never should have gotten stuck in this place," you know, just like <laughs> kind of saying that and moaning silently, like like the uh, like the living appliances on the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like just like. It's a living, wah, 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 just like, just like that. Um, except I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't even think, yeah. Well, those guys don't enjoy it either, so they have my sympathies, and apparently they're stuck in the TARDIS too, a bunch of people, um, invisible people. Um, so the Doctor, it turns out, is suffering from a post-regeneration crisis because um, 
the Pharos project where he where he fell off the tower and regenerated was you know full of entropy and it was spilling out entropic energy and it basically fried his brain so he has to basically heal his brain as a result of this regeneration which is why he's you know having a hard time regenerating which i think is a really interesting idea if you look at the stories before this every regeneration story you know like robot the doctor gets up and is pretty much fine after about 30 seconds um same with pretty much every other story which i think is kind of interesting um but after this like suddenly the doctor has to go through like post-regeneration crisis like you know very famously in the 11th hour or um christmas invasion stuff like that uh or even time in the ronnie where the doctor can't remember who he is um so while this is going on the the ship starts getting hotter, and Nis is like, well, I'll go back to the console room to start seeing if I can find Adric. And the Doctor's like, I'm going to need all of you, and Tegan just kind of hangs there pretty uselessly, which is, you know... All right, I guess I guess that's just par for the course with Tegan. Um, <laughs> but before Nissa leaves, they look up and they see, because the Doctor's closing his eyes and floating and concentrating on floating, they look up and see Adric in one of the panels of the TARDIS... Which is a projection from the Master's TARDIS, and Adric is in this really creepy bondage cage situation, which <laughs> is kind of like he's got his arms just like spread eagle with his legs, and you're just, and it just oh, it just looks wrong. Like this is you know what it's funny. You know what's funny is when the when the portal opens and you see Adric for the first time. I, it was like a portal opened. To the Colin Baker era. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, because it even has that sort of, like, that, that weird angle and dark, like, sadistic quality to it. You're just like, Adric really doesn't like being here. Um, and I don't really <laughs> like watching it. So <laughs> so if you want to know what we're talking about, you can watch this story and be prepared for what happens next week. Because No, um, no, they still won't be prepared. Yeah, well, you can, you can at least try, I guess. <laughs> Good luck. Um, so basically, Nissa leaves um, the the, uh, the zero room and heads back to the console room. And on the way, she finds Tegan's lipstick, which we were using to mark the wall to try and figure out how to get back to the console room. And it's melting, which is kind of weird. Um, but there's a problem with uh, the ship, and the ship starts to kind of like like you know jumble a little bit. And the doctor's like, "There's something wrong." And uh, he gets up and tries to leave the Zero Room, but he pretty much collapses right out the door because, you know, the sudden influx of mental energy or whatever. Uh, I guess it's mental energy. Um, he, and he, he like, gets stuck back in the Zero Room, and Tegan's like, I'll go check it out. So Tegan runs for the console room, and on the way, uh, and when she gets there, she talks to this, and this is like, we're heading towards Event 1, which is, you know... It's the Big Bang. They never really say it's the Big Bang, but they're heading towards the Big Bang. Um, did they? Did they have that terminology then, though? I honestly don't know. Like, I yeah. maybe not. Maybe maybe English people call it something different. They call it Event One, uh, which is a sudden inrush of hydrogen causing the biggest explosion in the universe. Which I guess was the Master's plan. And the Master gets up on the scanner and waves at them and shows them Adric, and he's just like farewell. And then the episode kind of ends. You're about to get big banged up. Oh, 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 pain. Oh, pain. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, so, oh, God. Oh, trying to recover from that one. Okay. So we come back um, with Tegan saying, we need to fly the TARDIS out of here. And this is like, I can't really do that. Um, and 
<laughs> While this is going on, the doc. I love. Wait, 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 wait. We're in part two, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love Tegan. No, not Tegan. Tegan Nissa. <laughs> Nissa. They they show because first of all, the previously on like like you know remember where we were last week? Yeah, clips the, that the open each episode. Sort of thing. So long. Oh, obviously. very long. Like, like four minute long mm-hmm. thing. Like uh, it's just. Like I felt like I was watching a rerun. I was yeah. like, I just watched this. Um, no, but when when we get to the to the first line of the like of the actual episode, I love that Nissa. She's just like that face. I hate it. <laughs> it's and yeah. I just like I wanted the master to come back and be like, hey, hey, come on, that's Chill just out. Chill. that's just mean. Yeah. Why why you gotta be like that? Why? Come on. <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, for the yeah, for those who don't know, it's it's basically the master's fault because the master, I guess, looks like her father, which is kind of weird, um, which they never actually touch up on really at all, which is kind of sad. Um, and the master is responsible for the destruction of her homeworld, Trocken. But yeah, the part where she's like, she's like, I hate that face. It's kind of like you know, it's kind of a jerk comment. I mean, that face. I hate it. <laughs> and so they shut the scanner and they shut him up, which is great because it's just basically the master laughing. Um, and then the doctor basically manages. Which, which at that point, I just imagine on the other end of the communicator, like the t- he's in his TARDIS and he's like, Mwahaha, Mwahaha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns to Adric and starts laughing at Adric just because he needs to laugh. Because it's like the Ainley compulsion. Um, <laughs> um, so, so while this is going on, the the doctor is trying to find medicine because he keeps bumping into things because he's not really able to to uh, stand upright because there's the ship is like rumbling and the cloister bell is going off and he manages to put some like a, a, a bandage cloth on his head and he uh, finds a, <laughs> he finds this random <laughs> wheelchair that just comes out of nowhere. I'm telling you, the TARDIS is alive and helping him. Yeah, in this, I w- in this episode. Cause, oh, yeah, because because yeah, the the wheelchair comes out of nowhere, and uh, you know earlier with with his outfit just being laid out for him. Yeah. It's like I already know I got this. The TARDIS is just like I got this one, guys. I can help you. <laughs> so the Doctor basically gets into the wheelchair. And starts, um, and starts, uh, basic. It's like a, it's like an electric wheelchair. So he's just kind of like driving it around like some like old disabled person, just like heading towards, towards the the console room. And he finally, he finally gets there. And he and Tegan's like, well, we need, we need thrust. We need, we need thrust to get away from this sudden influx of gravity. And the doctor's just like, sorry, that that's 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 not doing the line justice. She says. She says, we need tremendous thrust. And I was just like, ugh. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so the doctor's just like, well, what we need to do is we need to jettison the TARDIS. Um, we need to jettison sections of the TARDIS, convert matter to energy, and we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to do it. Uh, One-fourth of the TARDIS should do it. And this is like, well, won't that include the t- console room? And then Tegan's like, well, I never thought of that. And you're just like, well, that's why you're not in charge, Tegan. Um, <laughs> so I love how she's constantly put down on this. Yeah. My, ba- my favorite comes in part four, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, well, that's, that's Tegan. Uh, 
my favorite is whenever the doctor just basically slams her for being a moron when she doesn't like resurrection of the Daleks, which is just uh, a mess of a story, but she totally slams her and it's really funny. Um, I love whenever people slam Tegan. <laughs> um, so they, they plan to jettison one fourth of the TARDIS. Meanwhile, um, Master confronts Adric and Adric's just like, I'll never give in. And again, if you watch this as like, it's not intended this way, but this is, this is one of the benefits of our society being so corrupt as it is, or morally bankrupt, is, um, the, the, <laughs> Adric's just like, I'll never, I'll never work for you. And the Master's like, yes, you will, and you will enjoy it. And it's just, creepy it's just not good like if you watch it like it's just like it's so bizarre like it's just bizarre um, and there's this really great thing i don't know if you noticed this but whenever the master goes to talk about adric like he's standing on like the console room floor and then adric's is like adric suspended something like 10 feet into the air on this bondage chain thing and and the, whenever the master goes to talk to Adric, Adric will like throw an insult. The master will grab like the remote control for the lift to bring him up to the level, and then <laughs> choose to talk to Adric. Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like it's like it's like boo. <laughs> yes, you will, and you will enjoy it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just really it's just tremendously silly and i love i love it whenever doctor who gets really silly it's just a great example of that oh. <laughs> uh, so while this is going on the doctor basically passes out because he can't stand being in the real world anymore and he says good luck uh, have fun jettisoning a quarter jettisoning a quarter of the tardis and then Tegan gets in charge of like pushing the button to jettison, jettison part of the TARDIS and she's like I don't know if I can and this is like counting down and, and Tegan's just like I don't think I can do it and this is like just push the button and really like let's be honest they have about five seconds before they're gonna become part of the world the universe's greatest explosion like Nissa, just push the button like don't, don't wait for Tegan to do it she's clearly not capable of doing it just push it and get it over with <laughs> but eventually Tegan at the very last second does and they manage to get out of there and the master's like the master's like aww they didn't make it out because I guess there's like a uh, the influx of explosion shorted out his video screen or whatever <laughs> He's just like he's just like oh that's too bad because I had another trap for them and the trap that trap was even better than this trap and it's just like Ugh, I hate hokey master I just I can't <laughs> I can't stand it when the master like did you notice how many traps he has going on in this story like, I know it's just like it's just like dude just send them right there I don't know why you got to be toying with them so much like twirl your mustache a little curlier dude like. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> the, my final trap was to tie them to railroad tracks. <laughs> they got they got out of every other one, but but they will not get out of this one. And it's just like there's no possible way. Oh, it's so stupid. Just kill him. <laughs> it's just like it's just like it's the Scott Evil thing where he's just like he's just like, dude, Dad, I have a gun in my room. I'll, it'll take me two seconds. Let me go get it. Bam! It's over. And Doctor Evil's just like, no, I'm just gonna assume it all went to plan. What? Like it's it's just that. Like that's ugh, that's exactly what the problem with the master is. Um, but I guess that's okay. Uh, 
So, so while this is going on, uh, they manage. Nissa takes the do- the doctor back to the zero room, and she's like, "Don't worry." Tegan's reading the manual. She's flying. She's flying the TARDIS. Um, and Tegan notes that there's this place on the on the video screen called uh, Castrovalvo, which is a um, it's it's a place of you know peace and tranquility and quietness, which sounds just like where the doctor will need to go to to finish his regeneration. And so a, they're taking the doctor to a spa weekend. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Oh my god! Oh, that's so good. I just imagine Davison lying there on a chase lounge with like cucumbers on his eyes. Patrick's yeah. just like, can we go yet? And the doctor's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he lifts one cucumber off his eye to make, maybe take a look or something. <laughs> I like that. I didn't think of that. That's really good. I like that. <laughs> so, so, um, so T- basically Tegan starts flying the TARDIS to Castro Valva, which uh, I'm going to say it right now. I apologize for language. But you could probably bleep this, but bullshit. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not uh, awful. Tegan, Tegan ran. Tegan's not even a pilot. She's a stewardess. Like she can fly the TARDIS. Come on. Ugh, horrible. Um. Ugh, sorry, it makes me so angry when I see like I think, really. I think it'd be really. I, I think it's a. It was a, a huge missed missed opportunity that uh, in her first uh, trip in the TARDIS that. Like, when the TARDIS takes off, she wasn't, like, doing the safety precautions, like, hand yeah. signals. <laughs> Just, like, out of out of habit. They're like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I just, I just want to feel like I'm a part of things. <laughs> well, that's actually really funny, because I'm spoiling this a little bit, but there's a part in Time Flight where basically they manage to fix the Concorde, which is going to take them back to the future, and... And the pilots are just like, okay, looks like we're ready. And, Teg- and they're like, Tegan. And then she walks over to, like, the people who are stuck in wherever they are in time flight. And she's like, ladies and gentlemen, it'll just be another second. It's like, oh, good. You finally used her for something that she's actually good at. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, so, so um, while this is going on, the Nissa and the Doctor arrive at the Zero Room, but they find that um, it's been jettisoned along with uh, the other. It was one of the quarter. It was one of the twenty-five percent of the TARDIS got that got uh, expelled as a result of escaping from Event One. But the Doctor's like, "Don't worry about it. Just unscrew the hinges." And uh, Nissa basically takes the pieces of the Zero Room, which I actually think this is actually really clever. She takes the, the doors to the Zero Room and then kind of cuts them up and turns it into, like, this box, which they put the Doctor in. And it's like this... It's just... I, I love that. It's, it's very clever. It's, um, it's travel-size Zero Room. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Zero Room on the go. Zero Room Express. Um capital X. Um so so they manage to uh land Tegan fails at the landing like it's it doesn't even land upright like it lands on its corner which okay. Um and <laughs> they they carry they carry the zero room cabinet and they put it on the wheelchair and they start um they start heading for Castrovalva which is about a, an afternoon's walk away. And then we get the rainbow Ewoks. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> They're walking through the they're walking through the jungle, and then all of a sudden, like they put the doctors the doctor down because they don't know if they're going in the right direction, and they find these like Amazonian like warriors who are just wearing like these ridiculously like 
you know, like, sub-Saharan Africa, like, tribal gown headpiece things. <laughs> My favorite part is is in part three, like, after they, they take the doctor and they bring him in, and they're, mm-hmm. till, like, he's, like, sitting down or whatever, and then when they take the mask off, they're actually, like, really nice and, like, really intelligent. <laughs> Yeah. They're like they're like this is just what this is just how we go hunting. It's like it's like okay, I guess I guess that blends in with the countryside. Uh, We're actually gentlemen, yeah, and scholars. <laughs> we 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 cuddle well. Um, we we we, we, we enjoy fine well. linens. Um, but so they leave um, they leave the doctor and they they get caught up with these um with these Amazonians and somehow manage to they cl- they start rock climbing but it doesn't really prove anything and they head back <laughs> to the cabin it's really just a waste of film it totally honestly. is well, if there's a problem with the story it's that it's so slow <laughs> but they're just like climbing and they don't really do anything and they head back, <laughs> they head back to the zero room cabinet and they find that there's blood on the ground and the doctor's gone which I I I I guess. Um, I mean, I don't. I think it's just every time that you have a cliffhanger that's just like there's blood. It's it doesn't really work very well. It just feels really forced. Uh huh. But because when you come back, like when we come back, we find out that the doctor's actually been crawling away for some reason, and he he finds... he saw how much fun they were having. Trying to climb the rocks, so <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like crawled away, and there's like blood on the ground, but they never explain like where that blood comes from. Like it just feels so weird. Like why even have blood if you're not even gonna address it? Like oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so well, he cut himself, but he was still in the regeneration process. So. I, I guess I, I, I guess, but it, he got cocooned again <laughs> and it healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the one, like it was the part of the cocoon that wrapped around him, but like it was the last part to be wrapped, so it wasn't really quite wrapped well enough. You know, it kind of enveloped him, but you know, the last piece of enveloping didn't really work, so he has to like make it heal the old-fashioned way. Um, <laughs> so he starts climbing these rocks and this and Tegan randomly like run up and like they're like doctor doctor and they um they they don't actually manage to catch up with him which is, is tremendously silly I mean like really how hard is it to climb these rocks they're not like you know it's not like they're like spelunking but granted they probably should be being safe let's let's keep our lessons in order um but at least there's a buddy system. Um, but they're, they're climbing rocks, and, like, they don't even manage to catch up to the doctor. Like, the doctor manages to get all the way up to the entrance to Castrovalva and, like, <clears throat> gets confronted by um, by the Amazonian warriors and brought inside. And Nis and Tegan are totally left outside um, after seeing the doctor in the Zero Room go into Castrovalva, and they're kind of stuck outside, um, which is funny, I guess. Um uh, and so they bring him inside, and everyone in Castrovalva is like, oh, hey, how's it going? Welcome to your weekend. Here's your towel. <laughs> here's, some, yeah. here's some salary. We have books. You guys read? Yeah. What? <laughs> that was my favorite. Where he's like, you guys, you guys have books? Like, It's just like, yes, doctor, they do have books. What were you expecting? Were you expecting them? Because it's at that point that the, that, that the furries take off there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're the thing, and they're like, "Of course we read. We're gentlemen and scholars." Yes. <laughs> what do you take us for? 
And the doctor finds some celery, and he eats it, and he gets, like, this grand tour via via this guy named Shardavan, who's the librarian, but he still doesn't really know who he is. He's asking for the doctor, um, but he doesn't really... He's, like, he, like, gets visited by a doctor, but he's just, like, he's just, like, you're a doctor, too? I'm looking for a doctor. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of interesting, because the doctor's still, you know, cute, like, curious as to who he is. And he gets this really interesting visit from this old man in white, um, named the Portrait. And uh, I'm just going to spoil this because you're listening. Who cares? If you want to watch Castro Valva, you should go watch it. Um, but uh, did you, when, at what point did you realize that the Portrait was the master when you were first watching it? Uh, not until, not until the, the, like, uh, like, uh, I guess in part four mm-hmm. when he was, when he was in it, because that was the first time they showed like a close up of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. Hey, look! It's the master. <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember. It's, in part three, yeah. it, I, it didn't. It didn't grab me at all. It's. It's amazing. I think it's one of those things that they actually pull off really well because the master in this era is totally about wacky disguises. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't aware mm-hmm. that the master's full name was the master of disguise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the very unfortunate master of disguise. Um, great now i'm thinking about really dark times when kids forced me to watch that movie um (laughs) um, turtle turtle oh no 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 we're not going there (laughs) so but i think i think it's really interesting because like the first time i don't think i noticed it either until he turned into the master and like uh, there are times when the master's disguises just don't work. This, I think they did a really good job of. Like, I think Fiona Cumming especially did a really good job of shooting it in such a way that you can be legitimately surprised. Like, I know when I was watching it with my girlfriend, because um, I had seen it before, but I was watching it with her, like, she was, like, halfway through, like, the Portreeve's appearances, and, like, not quite episode four, but, like, towards the end of this episode, she's like, holy crap, is that the master? Like, it's it's... I just I think the the combination of um, makeup and costume really really do a good job and and Ainley like you know say what you will about Ainley like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of his interpretation of the master um, which I think is a lot of Nathan Turner but um, I really think he did a good job here like I really do um, that's just me um, sure so uh, the portrait gives the doctor some medicine uh, and has him sleep. Um, this and Tegan are randomly brought in. Why it took them so long, I, I, I don't really know. Um, but they visit the doctor and they let him sleep. And as they leave, Adric, Adric shows up and very creepily walks up to the doctor, looks at him sleeping, and then just kind of leaves without saying a word. Which, which was... <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was obviously a precursor to. Uh paranormal activity yeah it was very it was very paranormal activity the only thing that would have made it better was if it was like in night vision camera <laughs> yeah you just see the really creepy like whites of Adric's eyes <laughs> which would be really funny um, <laughs> um so <laughs> the next day um nissa sees the finds the zero cabinet and sees people carrying it away and they bring it back to the doctor's room and as she's as she brings it in, uh, she has the people who are escorting the cabinet leave, and then she gets this warning from Adric, basically saying, "Don't turn around. You have to keep the doctor. You have to get the doctor out of here. It's a trap. Um, uh, it's a trap for the master." Or does he say? I forget exactly what he says, but he basically says, "There's a trap. 
Um, you need to you need to do what you need to do. Keep the master here until he, keep the doctor here until he's fully healed, um, and then get out. Um, then <laughs> he gets called back by the master, which is, I guess I guess the master got a little jealous that Adric was talking to someone else. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think that's a healthy relationship, personally. I really don't. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> pretty sure it's not. So the doctor Nissa and Tegan visit the poor Treve, and the doctor sees this really interesting looking like canvas mural, which you know has the ability to look on various areas of Castrovalva, which is creepy. Um, and the doctor um, is like, it has this has this moment where he's just like, I can't remember Adric. And I'm going to YouTube this because I also think this is really cool. Um, he basically walks through the um, the, the central court area, which I, I love the Castrovalva set. Like, what do you think about the Castrovalva set? It's good, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, definitely. I, it, it's got these great levels, and it's something that you rarely see in television of, like, you know, verti- like vertical space. It has a really nice sense of vertical space, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so the Doctor... <laughs> The doctor's walking through this place where these women are doing laundry, um, and he's trying to count to three, and this girl teaches him how to count to three, and he's like, and he's like, oh, my brain hurts, and it's really gorgeous, I think it's just a really beautiful Peter Davison acting moment, because he's just so, he's so good with this kid, um, and he goes, and he goes, oh, my brain hurts, we should give you a badge for mathematical excellence, and all of a sudden he reads, he remembers Adric, and it's really at this moment um, more than probably, well, I mean, he's still kind of dealing with his post-regeneration, but I mean, like, really, this is where he kicks into high gear and suddenly becomes the Doctor, in my opinion, like, more than he has been throughout the whole story. Um, and he marches over to, um, Nyssa and Tegan's room, who are reading, and he's like, where's Adric? And they're like, we, we, we don't know. We, we didn't want to upset you. And he's like, this is really important, guys. One of our party is missing. You should tell me. I'm the leader. <laughs> and so he's like, we have to go back to the TARDIS. We have to go back now. And then there's this really great sequence where he starts running through the city. Like, try, they start running through the city trying to break out. And they come across the women. This is probably my favorite line in the whole episode. Where he's just like, which is the way out? And then all the women point in completely different directions. And what does he say? Do you remember? Huh. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what the what the exact wording was. That's, well, that's democracy for you. Oh. It's just this really great sort of like slam, which I think is really funny because um, I guess the doctor's a little bit fascist. Uh, so um, they start running and they start realizing that there's no way out. And everything is kind of, um, everything is, is, it's kind of weird. And they've hurried back to the doctor's room and the doctor looks out the window and he realizes that there's a case of recursive occlusion and they're caught and Castrovolve is folding in on itself and they're caught in a space time trap, which I think is, oh, it's such a good cliffhanger. It's, oh, it's one of my favorites of all time. It's just so good. Yeah. Especially yeah. because like, uh, no one gets as panicked as Peter Davison does. And, like, the way that he says we're stuck in a space-time trap, and then you get the really fantastic, like, scream, like, you know, of the of the the Doctor Who theme song, and then all of a sudden you cut into the credits, and it's just... I Oh, I love this ending. I think it's just really, really powerful, and a story full of not-powerful endings. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really it's a really great one. And I'm YouTubing yeah. it, so go check it out. It's on the website. It'll be in the comments on this thread. Um <clears throat> Question. Sure. Why do the Castrovalva men tie waste baskets to their heads? I don't know. I guess it's just, you know, 
Well, as as we'll find out, I think this is just like I think that's just Adric's view of the world because Castrovalva is is basically Adric's inception, um, as we're about to find out. I think that's just the way Adric sees men as women. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, that's that's my opinion, anyways. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> They're also wearing like dresses, which is really funny. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, so we get back from part four, and you know, the doctor goes back to his room, and we go back to his room, and he's like at the at the tail end of making out with the mirror. Like, what was going on? And how does <laughs> he don't just, know? Like, he's just embracing the mirror and, like, resting his head on it. Like, just nuzzling his cheek against it. Yeah. I don't... Like, what? I, I don't know. I thought that was so weird. Like, he's just like... He's just like, mirror. I love mirrors. And you're like, that's weird, doctor. <laughs> well, guess, guess what, guys? I've gotten used to the way I look, and I like it. <laughs> Look at my face. It is pretty. You know, it's like really weird. I don't. I don't really know. Um, but the doctor basically takes the mirror and turns it around to face the outside to keep the recursion out, the recursive conclusion out. And he starts going to the books to try and figure out from the history of Castrovalva if he can figure out anything. And he puts on his brainy specs, which I love. I love his brainy specs, which he doesn't wear nearly enough. Um, he also wore them in the uh, console room, Escape from Event One, but I forgot to mention them. Um, <laughs> I love, I love the brainy specs. Um, they, they're really good. They just work. They're like these half moon old man glasses. They're really just, they're really great. Yeah. Um, and so this pharmacist, David, David Tennant stole them. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> total homage. Total, total homage. Um, so the pharmacist, this pharmacist comes in, and the doctor's like, "Hey, uh, show me where your pharmacy is. Like, draw a square, which is basically Castrovalva." And he's like, "Show me your, show me your pharma, show me your, where your pharmacy is." And um, uh, and so the guy starts drawing like a map of Castrovalva, and he points out that he has four pharmacies. And the doctor's like, "That's a lot of pharmacies." And the guy's like, "Well, I only have one." And the doctor's like, "But you named four. And the guy's like, "That's weird." Um. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really he's just like that's strange like he doesn't really go that's not right he's just like huh how about that uh, and so the doctor starts pointing out to various Castrovalvins who come into his room like where um where things are and they can't ever seem to agree on it which I think is really interesting um and the pharmacist points out that Shardavan is also questioning his existence uh and because things just aren't making sense uh you also find out that the Castrovalva ladies that were doing uh, hand laundry mm-hmm. in the courtyard were doing it in the pocket-sized zero room. Yeah. <laughs> and they're doing it dry. Like, yeah. It's just a bunch of women that's like pulling laundry in and out of the box. Yeah. It's not very – I think I think the Castrovalvans are the first people to actually perfect dry laundry, which I think is a really <laughs> magic thing. Like really – like it's like the ultimate in dry cleaning but better, you know. <laughs> Uh, I should yeah, go there. I, was, I should go there. That, um, <laughs> nothing's worse than wet. I clothes. want to go to there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to go to a place where that is folding in on itself. Um, so the doctor, this and Tegan bring the zero cabinet back, um, but the doctor doesn't really get into it. Um, he he's like he's like take me to the portrait, but he pulls this inside and says I have an idea. And so they have this really great like funeral march, which I think is really interesting because it it kind of highlights the zero cabinet as like a coffin 
which if you think about it, if you think about a coffin in terms of like a symbol of death, the doctor keeps getting, gets into the coffin and then comes out and he's kind of reborn, which is a metaphor. Um, so, um, so they, they bring the, the box of the portrait, but they fill it full of the history of Castrovalva. Um, meanwhile, the doctor meets up with Shardavan, the librarian, and he says, um, don't you notice that something's wrong? And Shardavan's like, no, nah, I kind of do, but I don't understand it. And the doctor's like, you guys have all these old books on history, but these books are really old and they cover the present, and I don't know how that works, which is, you know, a really nice, interesting touch that the doctor notices. Um, and Nissa, Tegan, and a couple Castrovalvins show up in the Portrieve's place, and the Portrieve finally reveals himself as the master, and he's like, I finally got you, Doctor, despite the fact that, you know, the Portrieve's been hanging out for the past, like, two episodes, totally capable of killing completely ineffectual Doctor, which is funny. Um, oh, the master. Um, <laughs> so, um, the, the master, um, starts to lose it and he, he sees the doctor in the tapestry because the doctor's like getting ready to like uh pull, do pull off his final trick where he's going to defeat the master and he sees the master and the doctor in the in the tapestry and he's like no the doctor's in the in the zero cabinet and he tries to destroy this and he destroys the zero cabinet and it's just like dude your mir- mural thing doesn't really, you know, lie to you. I don't see why it would lie to you. Like, why did you believe that it was in the cabinet when you know that he so clearly wasn't? Uh, I just love that he keeps he keeps trying to get into the thing, and they keep explaining to him that he, that he can't, and he keeps trying, he keeps trying, he can't do it, he can't do it, and then he sees the doctor, and he's just like, ah, and he like picks it up in a rage, <laughs> and, throws it, and barely drops it, like it barely hits the ground, and just falls apart, <laughs> and all the books fall out. It's that's oh, I just I love how it just kind of like falls, like just like it kind of like drapes apart, and you're just and the master's like no, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And, so, and is it is it is it Tegan or uh, or Nissa that says who just like talks to like random citizen Ruff Castrovalva and says you have to stop him he's the master. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't just remember. wanted the citizen to be like, oh, he's the master. Well, why did you say something? <laughs> if I had known that, <laughs> none of this would have happened. I would have helped you stop it. Like. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a, it sounds like a Tegan thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm yeah, pretty sure it's Tegan. I, I'm just I, <laughs> Tegan bashing. It was Tegan. Um, so, <laughs> so the doctor basically um goes downstairs and confronts the master, and he's like, "I've defeated you," and he destroys the tapestry, revealing bondage Adric, which no one seems to think is very weird. Um. Which I guess I guess it's one of those things where it's just like let's just forget this, let's never mention this again. Like, just like we, let's <laughs> everybody's just in a really awkward place. Yeah, because if I saw that, I would just start whistling and pretend I hadn't seen it. I'd just be like, oh, oh, how about that? Um, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Um, so, um, the 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 master starts to bl- blinks the castor valve and out of existence and it reveals that this is all Adric's creation. Adric's the one who came up with this place and designed the the backwards nature of it of it all and how it folds in on itself and how it's slowly starting to decay. And Shardavan jumps onto a onto a, um, a, a chandelier and like rides it into the into the cage 
and breaks the web, uh, which frees Adric and starts to crumble Cash Revalva, uh, <laughs> sacrificing himself. And the doctor's just like, Shardavan gave his life. Let's not make it wasted, which is, you know, kind of interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Um, so the doc, the master p- jumps into the fireplace, which is his TARDIS, and he starts to try and fly away, but Castrovalve is flying, falling apart, and it's it's stuck in, it's a space-time trap itself, so the master can't really get out. So they all hold hands, and Adric starts to lead them out, um... And uh, as they get to the exit, the Castrovalvins all the master starts to chase them, chase them. But one of the pharmacists, I think it is, uh, holds the master back, and then all the Castrovalvins rise up and start to hold the master, um, and uh, they drag him back into Castrovalva as it collapses, uh, which is the end of the master. Uh, that's his. That's his final end. That's his death. We're never gonna ever see the master again. We will. Come on, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> And so uh, everyone runs back to the TARDIS, um, and uh, you know I'm surprised that they didn't do something really, like really crazy. Where uh, you know, obviously, obviously they 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 kill him later on, but um, where the Master, because he's in Castor Valva, which was built within Adric's mind, mm-hmm. that he didn't like take over Adric at one point and mm-hmm. Adric become the master mm-hmm. because that seems like a mastery thing to do. That'd be so awesome. I would have loved that. And then it would be a trap within a trap within a trap. Um, yeah. I never thought and of then, that. That's and then true. we'd be able to hear Adric go, <laughs> No one wants to hear that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No one, no one wants to hear more of Matthew Waterhouse than they absolutely need to. Uh, so, so they managed to get back to the TARDIS, and the Doctor's like, what the hell happened? Because it's on its corner. And Tegan's like, I flew it. And the Doctor's like, no, you didn't. And Tegan's like, yeah, I did. And the Doctor's like, no, Adric I followed the, the directions and everything. There are no directions. And she's like, oh. And the Doctor's like, Adric flew the TARDIS. And Tegan's like, oh. And then, he, then he's like, well, okay, let's just let's just get out of here. I feel really normal and back to new. Back, I feel back to, back to new and normal. And uh, wow, I totally botched it right at the end. I can't believe it. Uh, I totally like lost track of what I was saying. Like right at the end, I can't believe I made it this. Far. You feel normal and good as new. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel he's he's as delightful as new. Uh, um, he's, he's splendid. He feels even. splendid. He feels splendid, and everything's back to normal. And they all get back in the TARDIS and they fly off, off to their next great adventure. Um, the thing that that's really funny about about Castrovalva <laughs> is the fact that it's it's really two two parters uh-huh. because you have all the shenanigans with the Master and the TARDIS, <laughs> and then you have the Castrovalva stuff. <laughs> Um, I think that makes it that that does help with the pacing. I think I, I agree. Um, it's definitely a very slow story. Like not much happens, um, but you know it's still pretty fun at the same time. But I think I think you're right. Like you, like Castrovalva itself doesn't really even show up until you know the beginning of part three, and a lot of it's like walking through the woods, Lord of the Rings style, and uh, like walking around rainbow and Ewoks, and... yeah, <laughs> and blood on the ground for some reason. Um, but yeah, so this is your third time. Uh, this isn't. This is. This is actually the first story that we're talking about that you'd seen uh, multiple times. Uh, this isn't your first time seeing it. So, what do you think this time around? Um, I mean, I think it works better every time, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, Davison is so brilliant. I love. I love the line in part four where he's like, "Say something, please." Yes would be best. 
yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think this actually helps because this is actually the fourth in the production schedule. Um, they actually shot the next story of his for the Doomsday first, and they, I think they shot the Visitation, and then Kinda, and then uh, and then this one. Um, but yeah, I th- they they did that, um, which helps him get into the character a little bit more. But man, he's like from the word go. I love. I'm such a huge Davidson fan too. Like he's just always thinking and always on his game and all that stuff. It's really, really excellent. And I can't wait to talk about more. Um, but it'll be a while because he has, he has not so many stories. Yeah. He only has twenty. <laughs> um, but I've actually been in like this weird Davidson headspace for the past couple like days. Where like within the past week, like I watched Castrovalva yesterday, um, and then I watched Planet of Fire yesterday, and then the day before that I watched like Snake Dance, and then like last week I watched Enlightenment, all of which are Fiona Cummings stories, and they're all just so great. Um, but I just think it's I'm 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 not even Davison out yet. I think he's just so good all the time, constantly, and I can't wait to talk about more. And yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah. and we'll be going in order. Yeah. His, yeah. So. And we're not talking Exciting. about his for a while, but his next one, Fort of Doomsday, is actually. I'm actually a huge fan of Fort of Doomsday. I think it's really good in places. Um, yeah. Awesome. Really cool. Um, all right, so before we wrap it up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCPService.com. DCPS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts at 40% off, plus pre-order your collected editions and save 50% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. What do we got next week? Next week. Oh, God. <sighs> next week, we're talking about Colin Baker as we continue our run through each individualistic doctor. Uh, we're talking about Vengeance on Veros by Philip Martin, starring Colin Baker as the doctor, and it's very unfortunate. Um, it's, it's, we'll talk about it more next week, but it's, it's, it's considered one of the best of the Colin Baker era, but and while I think that of his first season, it's definitely in the top. Like it's a, it's the better half of that season. Like that doesn't really say that much. Like it's not. It's it's kind of a mess. And I kind I'm kind of excited to talk about it because all the stories that we've talked about so far have been you know good and we've enjoyed them. But Vengeance on Veyros is our first example of just oh crap. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh boy, and it's one of those stories where I've seen—I think I've seen it about three times at this point because I watched it and then I watched it again and then I watched it when I blogged it. And I—I'm going to be honest with you—I think this is the last time I'm going to watch it. I—I I, I can't watch it again. I just—I can't after this time. So know what I'm doing for all of you folks at home. Like it's—it uh, <laughs> brings me physical pain to do this. I'm going to burst out into boils and rashes before I end up watching it. Um, <laughs> oh, well, looking forward to that. Yeah, very, uh, very exciting. Good this, stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, Jay Colin there's Baker. also a new episode of Geekin' this week. Um, Geekin' Extra, I don't know what it'll be. So it'll be fun. Stay tuned it'll for that. It'll be fun. That's what it'll yeah. be. Um, movie Night at Geek Show last week uh, on Friday was my February pick, Defending Your Life, by writer-director Albert Brooks. This week... It will be uh, John's pick of Cherish, hmm. um, which is a film I know nothing about. So <laughs> should lead to some I'll nice be watching discussion. That and, yeah, and yeah, and discussing it this week. Um, also, let's see. Uh, yeah, 
you can uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm twitter.com slash Gungadin. Um, you can find me there where I talk about random things, some of which might not make sense. Um, and, nor- and every week you can find me at uh, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. Uh, last week... Uh, we talked about, oh god, what did we talk about? We talked about the Space Museum. This week, uh, I have the week off, and we're talking about Planet of Fire, which is a really excellent, uh, excellent Peter Davison story of the... Absolutely. Of the Anth- of the Anthony Ainley. Um, Anthony Ainley, in case you missed this, because we never explained this. Anthony Ainley is the guy who plays the master during the Davison years, and the Colin Baker years, and the Sylvester McCoy years. Um, so he's like, he's got a nice run of master stories of all of his stories. I'm pretty sure that hands down planet of fire is his best. Um, so it's a really, it's great, phenomenal. It's, really, it's a phenomenal master story. Yeah. It's a great. And so it's so simple and it's, but it's very, very well done. Great script from grim Wade and great direction by Fiona Cumming. And I'm not talking about it. I'm actually, um, I have Cassandra, uh, my girlfriend talking about it and she's very excited because she finally gets to talk about Davison and a good story. Um, which is, which is fun. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's basically where, where you can find me. Um, and, uh, oh, if you're, if you're looking to get ahead a little, just to remind you of the schedule, uh, after Vengeance on Veyros, the unfortunate Vengeance on Veyros, we're going to be talking about Sylvester McCoy's Battlefield, which is excellent. Very excited about that one, uh, which is actually funny. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, there's a funny coincidence involved in that. Um, and then we're talking about the Paul McGann movie, which is actually coming out on DVD on Tuesday, it looks like. So if you want to, if you want to check that out, very unfortunate Paul McGann movie, um, which is unfortunate in every respect except for Paul McGann, who I think is one of my all-time favorite doctors. Like, he's number five or six for me, which is pretty high. Um, uh, if, so, he's phenomenal. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. We'll talk about him when we get there. Um, so that's uh, uh, that's our McCoy and McGann, and then we have uh, End of the World from Eccleston, and then Smith and Jones from David Tennant, and that's what's coming up. There. And we're out in less than an hour and 15 minutes. Everyone celebrate Everyone celebrates. <laughs> I'm celebrating. And I'm gonna go you get you. Celebrate. You want to celebrate the best way? Go write an iTunes review. Yes. And tell everybody how awesome we are. Yeah, especially if you like this episode. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind this one being. Yeah, five star reviews are best. I love those. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah. Um, you can also let us know how we're doing by emailing the show tdcageekshow.us and uh, geekshowentertainment.com is the website where you can go comment about this episode mm-hmm. and other episodes and other podcasts and articles and that's all where the stuff. So that's where the YouTubes are, so go find those. Watch them. They're really good. I even edited one for you. I even went in there and edited it for you and made it all nice. All nice. so all the Nissa and Tegan stuff is taken out and all you have is just great Davison pretending to be other doctors, which is just amazing. So go watch them. Fantastic. Yeah. Alright. Uh we'll talk to you guys next week with Ven- Vengeance on Varus. Uh, every time you say it I die a little more. Alright. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Bye guys.